Hello, everyone. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to my new podcast, Pay to Play. For those of you who do not know me, my name is Kyle Jones. So I wanted to record this introductory podcast episode just to help explain how I got to this idea of naming the podcast Pay to Play, a little bit about how the podcast came about, in case any of you all are curious about kind of what to expect from the podcast and what led me to even want to turn this into a podcast, what questions I had. So I guess the easiest place to start, and by the way, I appreciate you all bearing with the background noise. I am in the rural south at the moment, Appalachia, East Tennessee, and is a beautiful but also very kind of sweet and sticky summer afternoon. Well, I guess it's late spring, late spring afternoon here in East Tennessee, um, and it's just easiest to be outside. I can't imagine being anyplace else, so I appreciate you indulging the background noise. So pay to play. How did I get to the title pay to play? For me, this is a way of paying homage or acknowledging the fact that for all of us as artists, and of course I realize I'm painting with a broad brush when I say artists and I'm using capital A artists, I'm only able to speak clearly and confidently about my own personal experience in air quotes classical music. But I think it is not unfair to say that there is a steep price that all of us pay to have a career in the arts. And how we pay that price varies from person to person. A lot of times it seems like it is a mix of a couple of things. But the two big ones that I think are very obvious, at least they've been obvious in my experience, have been the cost of time. So time that is often spent amidst the hustle and the grind that is away from family members, whether that be biological or chosen family, friends, cultivating other interests and hobbies outside of the arts, or feeling that you are allowed to cultivate those interests, and then time that could be spent towards pursuing something adjacent to music that could also be lucrative, feeling the need to hyper-specialize. And then, of course, the other way that we pay I think is probably the most obvious way, is fiscally, is the monetary cost of being an artist, especially today in 2020. That cost comes at us from a myriad of angles, whether we're looking at the cost of uh, acoustic or electronic instruments and the equipment we need to be viable in that field. I think we're all probably still reeling in some form or fashion and the issues and the awareness that has now been raised about the access to electronic resources or the lack thereof. And then also the cost to have access to quality instruction, the cost to have your work recognized by attending these kind of luminary, attending these luminary programs and institutions. And so this is my way of acknowledging that and also acknowledging that there are some communities of individuals who pay a significantly higher cost to participate, to be seen, to be recognized, and unfortunately their return is significantly less than others in this field. And so that is how I came to the title Pay to Play. As far as the questions that I had, I have to go back to my two years at UT Austin where I was surrounded by some absolutely incredible faculty, staff, and also perhaps more so peers, 
I had some really incredible thought-provoking conversations with peers the entire time that I was at UT Austin. And I'm thankful for how concerned my peers were about the nature of our field, um, ideas that you will hear pop up a lot during this podcast, such as clout and institutional power, talking a lot about identity, and then also talking about mentorship, which has personally for me been really, really paramount as I have been trying to find a path forward about understanding my own teaching and the role of mentorship and how I interact with individuals, but also what I want from a mentor, what other people's experience has been with the idea of mentorship. And so after spending those two years at the University of Texas, speaking with my peers and being home now for the summer, I thought, well, what if I took these questions and spoke to people who have these really beautiful artistic lives and, and careers who I really respect, who are somewhat out of the regular circle of people who I interact with in my various communities that I am a part of. And so I reached out to people, um, these various artists that you will hear over the course of this podcast. And I just have to say I'm overwhelmed by the generosity of everyone who is on this podcast. I have, I am tremendously lucky that I have asked for time and been able to provide no real fiscal compensation. And all of these individuals have come back to me and have been very generous with that time. So even though I thank them all and, and, and they have been thanked many times via email and in the interview, I just want to, in this introductory episode, thank them all again. And so I've gone to all of these individuals with these questions, and also, which is a question that I've had as I am nearing the end of my time in an academic institution, is what was your life like leaving school? Like, what was it like to finish as an academic student and then chart your time from being an academic student to where you are now in your field? Because I think we see these snapshots of artists, teachers, mentors, wh whatever they may be to us, you know, an, or an intersection of any of the three. And it's very hard, I think, for us to see where we currently are, especially if we're in an earlier phase of our career, to see how, how we get to where they are. And that path is not always clear. And in no way am I trying to say that any of these individuals have the stock career that they are the path that any of us should take. But I think it's really insightful to see the decisions that they have made at various times in their life and the various places that they've been. And hopefully that serves to illuminate some questions or concerns that any of us might have at any given point in our um, artistic or professional occupational trajectory. And I guess finally, at the tail end of this, this is for me also a way to sort of pay homage back to my own background being from East Tennessee, Appalachia, and having, though personally not myself, a lot of family members and community members very involved in the practice of quilting. And for me, this podcast is sort of a musical quilt. Initially, I looked at all these various artists, and some of them know each other and interact with each other, some of them do not, and it reminded me a lot of this process of bringing them into the podcast 
and trying to weave something that was cohesive and a whole from that. It reminded me a lot of the practice of quilting with individual people bringing a, a square or a, a piece of cloth and then each individual contributing and it forming a pattern that was not obviously apparent when you look at each of the individual pieces by themselves. And so for me, creating this podcast and building this catalog, this record, is like a, a quilt. And I am so thankful that all of these artists have brought their experience to this quilt. And hopefully this is something that, like a quilt, will bring some warmth. It will be something practical and useful that all of you all will listen and enjoy. Um, and I can just only say thank you all so much for tuning in and thinking that this is going to be a valuable use of your time. And I do hope you enjoy the podcast Pay to Play. <laughs>